1901, a woman by the name of Annie Taylor climbed into a barrel so that she could ride that barrel over Niagara Falls, the first person to do so. The reason for her crazy endeavor? She was struggling to make ends meet, and she was hoping for fame and financial security. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage, a faith and family mortgage team that tries to improve your financial outlook without having to ship you over a 170-foot waterfall. Our mortgage team happens to be an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls. There's no middleman. This advantage often allows us to get you a better rate, which can save you monthly and lifelong money through a refinance, or help you with a cash-out refinance, cashing out some of your home's equity to use for life. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Melville Park Road, Melville, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Corporate NMLS number 1330. Equal housing lender. Not licensed in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, and Utah. But right now, you picked a great time to listen to Mornings with Tom and Tobby because there is something that's happening within the confines of the church where it's there's difficulties, and not just in relationships, but it's starting with leadership. They're having a difficult time right now, and we want to speak to those needs, and that's why it's a good time for you to be here with us right now on Mornings with Tom and Tobby. We're going to be speaking with Dr. Paul Cannings. He's the founder and senior pastor of Living Word Fellowship Church in Houston, Texas. He's also the founder and president of Pastor. Power Walk Ministries, a national and global training resource for clergy and lay leaders. And you can hear him right here on 88.9 Moody Radio in the evenings. And he'll be speaking at a conference called Broken But Not Defeated. And he'll be telling us more about that. But right now, we just want to say hello to you and welcome, Pastor Cannings. It is good to be with you, Tabby and Tom. I appreciate it very much. That kind of rhymes, by the way. Tubby and Tom. Yeah, an alliteration. <laughs> yeah, I'm loving that. You should maybe try that with your sermons, try, trying to alliterate a little bit. I, know <laughs> I hear it works. So, uh, Dr. Cannings, it's so good to have you with us, especially we've been talking about this for the last week, and it's been an issue that's been arising for a long time in the hearts of pastors who are truly just feeling kind of defeated, a little broken, um, alone, isolated, and with this huge burden. And that's kind of filtering into kind of the outreach of the church and the feeding of the saints. And, and just speak to that a little bit, some of the difficulties that pastors are facing right now. It is a tough time. Um, and that the thing that the scriptures uh, have not addressed, you know, you have people like Elijah, who led through a very difficult time to the point where a man that was referred by people and highly respected by the Lord God and highly used by the Lord Lord God that ran off into a mountain that God had to shake to get him out of. Mm-hmm. So there, there's times in ministry when people want to run off. Um, there's just difficulties of encouraging people to come back when they know they need to be in church, but they have um, become complacent and apathetic, which the Bible would say in the last days when there are trials that people will fall away. Um, so even though it's like that, um, we as pastors— still have to challenge them to come back, to be involved, to be engaged. Uh, We've got our own personal lives where we are working longer hours and and love our wives and our children and our grandchildren. Uh, Pastors have to lead leaders that are tired. Um, They have, you know, musicians and worship leaders have been at it, uh, you know, during the time of the worst of the pandemic. So they're discouraged and just pressing on like a car driving on fumes. And so in a time when the 
not just the pastors, but the leaders um, need to be challenged. There's some leaders that haven't come back to church, uh, but yet want the title. And the pastors have to figure out how to manage that. So it's it's a tough time. Uh, the Bible didn't say it's not going to happen, but at the end of the day, how do we stay fresh so that when we stand in the pulpit or when we encourage leaders or when we have to challenge people, we don't become stressed and frustrated so that uh, we're not encouraging them anymore. We're beating them up mm. uh, because we feel beat down. Mm. So that's why this conference is here, Tom and Toddy. It's uh, it's here. Uh, to encourage pastors and leaders with classes, you know, like leading through tough times. How do you get through uh, behavioral issues within our young people who are struggling? Uh, and so it's dealing with practical things, but yet biblically based. We're in a conversation with our good friend, Dr. Paul Cannings, and uh, he, of course, leads Power Walk Ministries and getting ready for a leadership conference. And, and we're just diving into a, a conversation with him. And Tabi, you had a specific question you wanted to ask Paul uh, about leaders and leaders that might be in danger. Yeah, because um, sometimes, you know, we talk about the drift that can happen for those who are in the in the pews of a church. When you stop going to church as much, you don't go to Bible study, you stop reading your word and pretty soon you find yourself drifting away but it's possible for leaders to be right there in the pulpit or speaking to others and begin that drift internally and before you know it they're in a danger zone spiritually can you walk us through what that could look like for a leader yeah there's, there's several different things that happens for leaders Tavi, that um, it's uh, leaders are impacted in four different areas of their lives they're, they're emotional Draw, draw, draw on them. You know, it's like um, dealing with people who are going through grief, and and they really care. And so they even see people in our dip church that pass away, that are key people. It always seems like God sometimes allows the people that you need to go first. <laughs> mm. um, so, so you're struggling with filling major holes. Um, so you're drawn, you're drawn emotionally, you're drawn mentally, because you have to stay in the Word, you have to preach the Word, teach the Word, people have questions biblically. You're also drawn uh, physically. Um, I've known pastors that I've talked to around the country that I've put in some very long hours, and then when they come home, they're still responsible to stay at their house, and some pastors have small children. And so, you know, the drain on their wives is tough, um, and some leaders uh, the same way. They're coming home from work. Then they have to do responsibilities at the church. Then they still have responsibilities at the house, whether it's a wife uh, having responsibilities, the husband coming home having responsibilities. Then they have to deal with their own loss of family. Um, that's why one of the classes is on grief loss and how do you come away from being hopeless uh, in those situations. So you have that physical drain, the mental drain, the emotional drain. And the worst that happens when all of that is happening is like it, like it was with Elijah, that it takes you down spiritually. The time that you know that you're down spiritually is when you, you're praying, but you're not praying. There's so much noise uh, where you're praying to the Lord God, but you drift off. It's, it's like you say two sentences to the Lord, but then 10 different things pop into your head. You, you're, you're, you're going to your Bible to read it, but you're just reading it. It's it's more of being something I have to do, so it becomes a ritual rather than something that I need to do because I'm sensing my spiritual need. So now it becomes more ritualistic. I'm in church because that's what I'm supposed to do. I'm preaching because that's what I'm supposed to do. So it's it's not my passion anymore. It's my responsibility. So when those things start to take place, 
in a, in a person's life because they're hit in all four areas. A person could go to work at a bus company and they lift and they maybe check off their schedule so they're physically challenged. A person may go and they may work a job where they're mentally challenged. But in ministry, all four areas hit you all the time. Let me give you a for instance. For instance, of a person who, I, I remember this happening during the pandemic, a couple, first beautiful couple, sincerely love the Lord. I watched them around the church, how they serve, how they love each other. Um, met with them several times, just individually talking, do different things, not counseling-wise. And they wanted a child, and the first child died during the pandemic. Number, number one, a lot of family can't travel, and and the, the child passed, you know? So it, they, they're, they're struggling. Uh, Pastor, you know us. So yes, I do. How, how do you deal with that? So that person as a leader is drained. They're, they're, they're trying to still work a job. They're trying to do all those things, but they lost their first baby. And so now you're trying to counsel them that God, by the grace of God, my mom lost the baby. If my mom did not lose that child, I wouldn't be here. Mm. So I try, by grace of God, I could take the experience that happened with my mother and, and show them the results because I'm the result. So God, sometimes in the midst of that, if we keep our eyes open, keep our foot on the ground and keep ourselves in those quiet moments, we got to have those quiet times. And we still go before God in those quiet times and we pour our heart out telling him exactly where we are. You know, I don't go to God with these fancy prayers. I go to God like David. Um, and so you're praying to God, and, and that popped into my head, and I was able to call them. And I said, let's come to our elders. And you pray with our elders that God will, when you're ready, when you're ready, because you need some time to have another child. And just about a year ago, they had their first child. So it's interesting to see those things. So when we stay focused, there's victory. And when we keep our eyes open, God gives us guidance. Amen. That's so good to know that there are all these different warning signs that are out there and that we just need to take heed because of the different pressures that are on pastors. And And you are providing a leadership conference that's coming up uh, here in the first part of March. Just tell us a little bit about that particular event that can maybe breathe some life into a pastor who's feeling maybe broken but not quite defeated. Uh, there's, there's lots of different classes that we're offering that I feel would be great, Tom. I mean, we having how do you work together with leaders and after COVID and create a leadership team after COVID? How do you rebuild that? How do you, for instance, uh, that just mentioned one of the classes, how do you help people who are still struggling with grief and trauma from COVID? I mean, they haven't been able to travel to their family members and be at the funerals. And now they're at grave sites, just having a moment of reflection because they never made the funeral. How do you help them with that? How do you... As, uh, care for a flock and balance your life. That's one of the classes that we have. How do you balance life, home, and ministry when you're already tired? Uh, so the classes that we're dealing with, how do you resolve conflict and lead people through tough times when they really don't care to listen right now? Mm -hmm. um, because they're just trying to make sure that they're functioning and making it through the day. How do you overcome stagnation in life when you feel just stagnated? So we're not just de just dealing with classes of leadership and how leaders and pastors can work together and all those great things. We're also dealing with classes that would help a person be rejuvenated so that even when they may feel broken, they come out of it strong. You know, like, I mean, the greatest example is Paul. I mean, think of his ministry life. He told him up front, your ministry life will be extremely difficult. It's going to be difficult. He gave him, he gave him a shot to look at heaven 
and see heaven because <laughs> uh, he knew that Paul would need that. That's what Paul would say, I'm pressing towards the mark. He saw the mark. So it's, you know, in the midst of all of that, Paul showed us that victory is not when things change on the outside. It's when nothing on the outside could steal the victory that God gives you on the inside. That, that's when life is victorious because he's in prison, but he's saying be anxious for nothing. They're talking about killing him. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So Paul taught us that victory is not anything that changes on the outside. Nothing may change on the outside. We're in the last days. But when the outside doesn't affect what the Spirit of God, through, through the fruit of the Spirit, bless me on the inside, nothing could steal my joy, my peace, the strength for long suffering, because all those fruits produces the victory on the inside that makes me who he, he who is in me stronger than anything that could go on the outside. It's kind of like a tire and air. Tire gets a beating, but the air in the tire keeps the tire from falling apart and the car from catching a fire.